My name is Paul. I'm the pastor here. Uh, I have been a Christian for 24 years. Uh, so I remember the first Christmas uh, as a 20-year-old when I was a believer in Christ, and suddenly you know, the words of the cows were, were meaningful. Uh, extraordinary words where you sing about the birth of a saviour when you've actually accepted him as your own personal saviour. I don't know about you, but for me, uh, Christmas feels a bit different this year. Do you sense that? I feel, I hear people talk less about what they want and more about what they can give others. I hear people talk less about what they need and more about sort of what this world needs. I see people rushing around a lot less and people reflecting a bit more. I see less consumerism and a a bit more contemplation. I've heard the word happy holidays less and more happy Christmas. And perhaps, just perhaps, people have realised that Uh, The precious gift of spending time with a loved one is so much more meaningful than the latest gadget that you can buy from the shops. And perhaps, just perhaps, people are really searching for something this Christmas. Maybe that's you this morning, searching for something this Christmas. Longing for answers, longing for some good news. And maybe it's a reflection of our year. I shared at our our midnight service last night uh, the most popular hashtags for 2014. If you're familiar with that, they're the hashtags. Uh, Hashtag Ebola. The Ebola virus that impacted 19,000 people and left 7,000 people dead. Hashtag Malaysian Airlines, you know, MH370 just disappears. Still never been found. MH17 shot down over Ukraine, hundreds left dead. Hashtag Syria. Do you know how many refugees there are in Syria today because of the civil war? Three million people. Hashtag Australia. On any given night, one in 200 people will sleep rough. Hashtag Sydney Siege, just, what, 10 days ago? Now, I grew up in the UK in the 1980s, you know, and I was kind of grew up used to the IRA attacks, but this was different because it was ordinary people in an ordinary cafe just going in to buy a coffee. It could have been me, it could have been my wife and my kids, it could have been you. Hashtag Pakistan Massacre. 140 kids. Hashtag Cairns. A mother who murders her own children. Seven of them plus her niece. Uh, Tomorrow will be the 10th anniversary of the tsunami. Uh, That devastation where a quarter of a million people lost their lives. Quarter of a million. In a moment. We are, what, remembering the 40th anniversary of the cyclone, Tracy? That devastated Darwin? Let me ask you, what, what would be your hashtag for 2014? 
What words would you describe to use your to to describe your life in 2014? I've heard people say disappointment, confusion, tragedy, sadness, unemployment, loneliness, sickness. I reckon the, the best hashtag is that is the word darkness. That describes many of us and many of our world. And that's why those words from Isaiah 9 are, are so poignant. Let me read them again. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. For those living in a land of darkness, a light has dawned. For a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father and Prince of Peace. Isn't that what we long for? Isn't that what we long for? A counselor who will provide real comfort and real wisdom and won't charge you $300 an hour. A God who will be mighty, who will be strong, who will be a rock, who will never leave you. An eternal father who will love you unconditionally. And a person who will bring you real peace, the prince of peace. Inner peace, but also peace with your your God, peace with your maker. That's what our world needs. Comfort, strength, love and peace. And that's Christmas, isn't it? In a word, that's Christmas. I I need Christmas, you need Christmas, we all need Christmas. Christmas is when the God of heaven, he left the luxuries, he left the light of heaven... And he stepped into our dark world. Why would he do that? Oh, because he loves us. Our theme for Christmas this year has been light. Light kind of lifts your spirit, doesn't it? You know when you're driving home and you see a light on the window and you think, oh, someone's home. Or you're driving into a, a city and you're still a sort of 10, 15 kilometers away. You can see the lights in the distance. You say, we're almost there. Since I've been married, I've been dragged into the Christmas tradition of Christmas lights, where you trek around houses covered in Christmas lights. And just, just to, to watch the smile on the kids' faces, there's something about light that just lifts your spirits. Because when you're in the darkness, and someone comes in and just puts the lights on, you go, oh, wow, I can see. Listen to John's Gospel again. The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness did not overcome it. The true light that gives life to all people was coming into the world. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Have you got Christmas? Our world is a dark place, but Jesus stepped into our dark world as the light of the world. Our human hearts are dark places and God steps into our human hearts and brings life and life and joy and peace to your dark hearts. That's Christmas. Oh, that was 2,000 years ago. Yeah, it was. But when Jesus stepped into our world, he changed the world forever. People have been waiting for years, hundreds of years for the light to come. And John says the true light that gives light to all people was coming. He's coming, says John. And we sit here today and we say, he has come. Jesus has come. The light has come into the world. That's Christmas. 
I hope you know the story. Mary is placed to be married to Joseph. It's morning gaze, it's a legally binding thing, a divorce is the only way out. They haven't slept together and she's found to be pregnant. Now in those days, to be pregnant outside of marriage, she'd be outcast, she'd be disgraced, she'd even be stoned. Uh, Joseph is a righteous man, an upright man. He decides to divorce her quietly. And then one day this angel appears. Can you imagine what that is like? Do not be afraid, Joseph. This baby is conceived by the Holy Spirit. We've heard that so many times, but it is the most extraordinary statement. A virgin will give birth to a child. And so you've got Mary and Joseph, homeless refugees, walking in darkness to Bethlehem. You've got the shepherds in the darkness, uh, feeding their sheep at night. And a star guiding them to this dark, dingy, dirty stable. And who's in the stable? Uh, Yes, a baby. But more than a baby, a a saviour has been born. You ever thought about the stable? Or the cave, probably? The Royal North Shore Hospital with all the latest facilities. None of that. Oh, there was cow dung there. There was a feeding trough there. There was hay there. Not a pleasant place to enter the world, is it? And yet that is how God chose to step into our world. Uh, The light of the world doesn't come as some despotic ruler. He enters a dark, dingy, dung-filled cave. How humble is that? But did you notice in Matthew's Gospel, there are so few details. We're not told about the first trimester or the second trimester or the third trimester. We're not uh, told about the birthing plan. We're not told the vital stats. How big was he? How long was he? What's the head circumference? You're not told any of that. You're not even told what he looks like. Ugly is probably the word, because most babies are ugly, aren't they? (laughs) What are you told? What does Matthew want you to know? His name. In fact, two names. Jesus and Emmanuel. Because when you understand those two names, you'll understand why Jesus is the light of this dark world. You know, names have meanings. We, We chose our boys' names because of their meanings. Our eldest, Samuel, means God listens. Our middle boy, Nathaniel, means gift of God. Our youngest boy, Elijah, means the Lord is God. Names have meanings. The first name is called Jesus in verse 21. You're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people. He's a saviour. I don't know about you, but sometimes... I I look for a saviour in all the wrong places. You know, I I look for a saviour in my exercise routine. I look for a saviour in chasing after money or being more popular. Or I look for a saviour in people. I elevate people to saviour status as though that person is going to change my world. But the reality is that people fail you. 
But Jesus is not the saviour of our financial woes or our sicknesses. He's the saviour of our sins. Verse 21. Because the truth is that all of us here have got another, another hashtag, not just for 2014, but for every single year of your life. And the hashtag is hashtag sin. Things that we've done wrong, the parts of your character you want to change, your selfishness, your pride, your lies, your intolerance, whatever it is. Actually, that, that is wrong. They're just the outer surface issues. It's a bit like uh, when you, you see a, a peeling paint on the wall and you think, oh, I must touch that up. And so you get out your paint pot and you paint over the peeling paint. That's just a surface problem. Look beneath the surface and you find the real issue of the burst pipe. Fix that first and then deal with the surface issues. Because if you head into 2015, it's all about changing your character, working on your, on your tongue, working on your kindness, working on the way you love people. That's just the outer surface issues. Deep down is a deeper issue called sin, which is the way that we live in this world and we ignore God and we pretend we don't need God and we think, who are you, God? I don't care about you. And that's why Jesus came. Because when Jesus came, he grew up, he went to a cross, and he uttered the most remarkable words. He says, trust in me and you will be forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. So when you stand before God on the last day, he won't see all the stuff you've done wrong. He won't see any of it. Because the Savior's been born. It's the most wonderful name, Jesus. I hope you know that being a Christian is not about coming to church. It's not about being religious. It's about coming before God and saying, God, I, I've stuffed up. I do that every day. I can't fix it myself. Thank you that Jesus stepped into the world to forgive me. It's a wonderful name, Jesus. But what's the second name? The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. means God with us. Please hang on to those three words this Christmas. God with you. Extraordinary. The creator of the world is with us, with me, with you. He came down to earth from heaven. Who is God and Lord of all? You call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's a huge comfort, isn't it? That God is not distant. You can't say God wants nothing to do with you. He's come. He's become one of us. He's experienced pain and suffering and hardships. Yeah, they all cowl, O holy night. The King of Kings lay less lowly in a manger. In all our trials, born to be a friend. He knows our needs. He knows our needs, and our weakness is no stranger. God with us in moments of despair and moments of delight. God with us in the pleasant times and the painful times. God with us in successful times and in sad times. One of my privileges as a pastor is to walk with people through the last days of their life as they face death. And as you walk with people facing death, 
They never talk about the stuff that they want. But they want more stuff. What do you really want when you're facing death? You want someone with you. Sitting alongside you, holding your hand. God is with you. That's Jesus. Now those three words were words of comfort to the, the woman I know whose husband has walked out this year. God is with her. There was a comfort to the man I know who's struggling with deep, deep depression. God is still with him. There was a comfort to the person I know who's lost everything financially this year. God is still with them. I do hope there was a comfort for you this Christmas. Wherever you're at this morning, God is with you. You can never say God doesn't care or God has left you. He's always with you. He's your comforter, your sustainer, your provider, your judge, your friend. But as well as a comfort, there's a bit of a challenge, isn't there? Because if God has stepped into our world in the person of Jesus, we have no right to reinvent God or to redefine God. Who are we to say what God should be like? He's shown us. That's the challenge of Christmas. I do think Christmas is different this year. I think people are asking deeper questions. They're looking for answers, they're looking for hope. Remember Jesus. He saves people from their sins. And remember Emmanuel, which is God with you. Let me pray. He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all. Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus, to you be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing, O come, let us adore him. Father God, thank you that Jesus is our Emmanuel, our God with us. Thank you for Christmas. Amen.